Hello there. It's Most Things Kenobi. This is the podcast you're looking for. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week we have something a little different. <laughs> but it's still Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes, it's still Obi-centric. So That never changes. <laughs> <laughs> Not on this show. Not on this show. Um, we're going to do a little review of a Star Wars fan film that came out a couple of years ago. Um, it's called Kenobi, and it's it was a fan film made by Jamie Costa. And um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's like, well, uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. I guess maybe Leanne's different opinion. I liked it. I have absolutely, I I liked it, but I have problems with some things, which we can talk about. I'm being extra scrutinous, but, (laughs) which may be unfair because it's a fan film and based on that alone, it is mind boggling. Yeah. How they put it together. Yeah. Yeah. And James Arnold Taylor is in it. I know. He makes a little cameo near the end. And I was just like, no, it's great. I was like, oh, there he is. There he yeah. is. The irony of all of this. It's great. Like, Yeah. And he plays a bad guy for the first time ever, maybe. Unconvincing. No, he did all yeah. right. But we know how he is. Yeah, he's too nice to be mean. Truly. He's a little cheeky, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. It worked. He's good. He's just good. Okay, so this film, it's called Kenobi. It's a Star Wars fan film. It was produced by Jamie Costa, who is an actor. I think he was like a cosplayer as well. And he just kind of started producing his own short features. And this movie, the Kenobi movie, clearly had a budget. It was oh, for sure. Really one of the better quality, like whether or not you like the story or the acting or whatever, the budget was there way yes. more so than on other fan films I've ever watched. This is, this is one of the better ones that I've watched production wise. And the sound I thought was really good. They obviously mm-hmm. dubbed some stuff over to make mm-hmm. sure you could hear. And it was, it was well, that was well done. I mean, the costumes and they had a droid. Where'd they get the droid? <laughs> they had a couple of them, actually. Yeah, I, I know, but like the main astromech, I was like, "Pardon me, where did you get an astromech?" Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, that was pretty good. I don't know how. Also, I don't know how they aren't getting in trouble with Disney or Lucasfilm. If you act like a dick, yeah, you get treated like a dick <laughs> <laughs> by Disney. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I they were able to... I mean, they had James Arnold Taylor in it. They used all characters yeah. developed by James... Or George Lucas. Excuse me, James. James Arnold Taylor. George James, Lucas. James Lucas, blah, 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 blah. George Arnold Taylor. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> in an alternate universe, <laughs> George Arnold Taylor plays <laughs> the bad guy. That's really But funny. yeah, how did they get away with it? I don't know, but... Questions. I can't really... I guess I don't really know much about the production side of the film, but I I do want to talk about just the film in general, because 
to me, it's kind of like getting in the mood for the Obi-Wan series that's coming oh, out. totally. <laughs> so this is like, it takes place on Tatooine after, I mean, Luke is, I don't know how, how Luke's got to be about six or eight or something in this. In, in this. So like, obviously Obi-Wan has been there for several years at this point. He's probably about five or six. Yeah, I would say that's right. He's pretty small. Like Uncle Owen's in it. There's Aunt Beru. Um, and then it's basically just Obi-Wan and Luke doesn't really speak. He's too little to speak, but then right, like but he was cute. He was super cute. Precious. He was very adorable little sandy haired boy. Mm. Um, but Jamie Costa produced it, but he also plays Obi-Wan. And he's one of those people who can like mimic a lot of people. Like I've seen him cosplay like Marty McFly and um just a bunch of fandom characters and he's pretty good at sounding and looking like the characters he's kind of blown my mind a few times so i thought he did a great job as obi-wan he was pretty believable like yeah for the most part obviously it's hard to like he's not ewan mcgregor (laughs) well i mean that's why i was like he's pretty good for a stand-in like yeah yeah exactly (laughs) in a pinch he's a good kenobi but like yeah. But he un- he understood, uh, I would say, like, the struggle that Obi-Wan's got to have mm-hmm. uh, several years into Luke's early life mm-hmm. and his struggle with, you know, knowing his father and having lost his father and having his father's lightsaber yeah. waiting for him, which is the, the whole point of this short story, which right. I actually liked. Yeah, I like that. And I also liked the... Like a large part of the story centers around Anakin's lightsaber mm-hmm. and that it's kind of like this reminder, you know, of of mm-hmm. this shit that went down on Mustafar and it kind of haunts Obi-Wan. And there's that scene where he goes out in the middle of the night and actually throws it like he doesn't ever want to see it again. Right. And then immediately has to like call it back because he's attacked by sand people. <laughs> yeah, he calls it right back. Yes. I, okay, so, oh, fuck, I lost what I was going to say because I'm tired. Go ahead, keep talking. You said, you said he threw it away. Yeah. What was I thinking? I don't remember. Well, I was going to say that um, I liked that at the end, when he's fighting all the stormtroopers and everything, that he's forced to use Anakin's lightsaber and it's like he can't escape it you know it's like no matter what he does it keeps showing up and so finally he uses it to protect Luke and it's like coming full circle it's like the thing that heals him I guess or like he he comes to terms with what's happened with it and doesn't see it as this like cursed item it's like he it finally it's like used for good the lightsaber is used for good and it yes. like brings them full circle on it. So I liked that element of it. He used something bad for good for mm-hmm. his new purpose. He was yes. looking too far back in the past, which weighed him down. And then when he looked to his purpose now, which is Anakin's son and protecting mm-hmm. him, he was able to like shed that weight in order to protect Luke and like remind himself of why he's here. Not to look back, but yeah. to look forward, which I think we all need reminded of, right? Yeah, definitely. It's a very simple story, but like overall, it's basically Owen telling Obi-Wan to 
get out of here. <laughs> yeah, basically. As, as yeah. usual. <laughs> Which I don't want. I, I, okay, let's talk. Let's, let's back up and talk about that. I don't want. I, I, I really don't want to see, like, Owen be this jackass towards Obi-Wan. I think there's, like, some tension there, but I don't... I think they're going to work together to make this happen. Because, like, everybody's put in a position that no one really anticipated, mm-hmm. nobody wanted, and yet they're going to try and have to... They're going to have to make this work. You mean, like, protecting Luke? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so they're going to have to learn to live with each other, which I, I did not think... You know, because there's this whole thing where there's this idea that, like, Owen fucking hated Obi-Wan or something. And I don't subscribe to that theory. I think there was tension. I don't think there was hate. I just think there's, like, we got to focus now. There is um, a comic book where he is pretty hateful to Obi-Wan. I know, but I'm choosing to ignore that. (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking of. And I'm not... (laughs) I'm not... uh, (laughs) I just don't see it, you know, like Yeah, it's like your own headcanon basically. It doesn't like sit right with you. Yeah, I, I just you know I think there's tension, just not screaming, burning hatred. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, so Owen tells him he's gotta leave. Obi-Wan throws the lightsaber. I, we assume that he's going to leave, correct? I don't know. I wasn't sure. I guess maybe he was thinking about it because owen tells him that the empire has now been spotted in the outer room so mm-hmm. you can see he has like a moment of conflict where it's like well am i more of a risk staying or going so it's like i i wasn't really sure if he was actually intending to leave or if he just felt like so haunted by anakin's presence that he has to get rid of the lightsaber i'm not sure what he what his goal was by throwing it but either way i think he was haunted and he needed yeah. to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, there's too much going on in Obi-Wan's mind at this point. He just needs to focus on Luke. And I think that physical get rid of it was one way of, like, relieving himself of some of that. And then they end up over at what? They were out at a moisture farm? One of their yeah. moisture well, farms? Before that, like, after he throws it, he gets attacked by sand people and Obi-Wan's knocked unconscious. So maybe oh, you're that's right. right. Maybe he was intending to leave Tatooine and he missed the transport because he was unconscious on the ground all night long. The man never gets a nap, only when he's <laughs> knocked unconscious by sand people. It's true. But yeah, you're right. Then, like, the, <laughs> the next morning they cut to Owen and um, Baru and Luke and they're like, Dealing with a moisture evaporator or something like that out in the middle of the desert. And Luke's, like, in the little land speeder playing, and it's cute, and they try to hide him, and it's really cute. Now, this is where I have problems. Baru had too much makeup on for a moisture-farming wife in the middle of Tatooine. I had problems with it. She's a beautiful actress. Yeah, she was gorgeous. Way too much makeup for Tatooine. That's my only. That's she my complaint. Look, she didn't look rough enough. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you always see those memes of people like this is what happens that when you interact with a Skywalker or remain on Tatooine. This is how bad you age. Like 20 years between this picture and this picture because yeah. you're on Tatooine, right? Not happen with Baru. Like oh, Baru looks great. <laughs> she had the whole contour going. She had the whole everything going. Looked fabulous. That that really ruined it for me. Not her. Didn't ruin her. Ruined the scene for me. I couldn't not look at the makeup and think, what the fuck is going on here? So just a small critique. Yeah. But I get it. They wanted her to look lovely. 
So here they come. The empire's walking down the sand. They're doing a census, which I thought was a good excuse. Yeah, I'm that like, was clever. What kind of excuse are they going to have to come out here in the middle of nowhere looking for people? But a census was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was clever. I don't know if that's canon or not, but it would work. I don't either, actually. Well, maybe we'll find out. Woo-woo. <laughs> I hope we will. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. I don't know why I made that noise, but... Woo-woo-woo. <laughs> Woo-woo-woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> okay so like you said the empire shows up they come and they take a census if i could just say that word and there's james Honorable taylor front and center as the empire bad guy <laughs> i know i love it i just love it so imposing right <laughs> i just love seeing him in a totally weird unexpected role like you never i would never think of him as a bad no. guy but he did he was so like skeezy (laughs) maybe skeezy is the wrong word but like definitely a scumbag (laughs) yeah he was a typical imperial scumbag yeah and yet it put a smile on my face because it's james arnold taylor and it's just like oh i know i wonder see what you did there (laughs) i wonder if it was fun well the moment where obi-wan shows up to like rescue and like save the day and and they say hello there hello there yeah they say it to each other and I'm just like, I see what you did there. Yeah. And I like it. I like it. I wonder if it was weirdly surreal to see someone coming towards him as the character that he played for so long. Right? Yeah. I loved it, though. Because I think James Lennon Taylor's played Obi-Wan longer than anybody else, right? Truly. Truly. I think. Yeah. For more years than anybody. It's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. It is a little bit. Like, well, in that respect, Matt Lanter's played Anakin a lot longer than Hayden. It's crazy. That's, a, that's probably true, actually. That's, that's crazy. Wild. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Well, so what did you think of the lightsaber sequence? Well, first of all, I thought he did a phenomenal job handling that lightsaber. Yeah. So kudos to him. Yeah, Jamie Costa did a good job. Yeah. No, yeah, Jamie... Round of applause to our good <laughs> sir, our producer and director. I did not like the sand in the eyes. I didn't either. It was so- I understand why they did it, but I'm like, really? Obi-Wan has literally been thrown, punched, kicked, dragged, tossed. I guess it was just to blind him, right? So that he had yes. to use the force. Yeah, which I thought that was wonderful. It's, it's a Kane and Jarrus moment. Yeah. You can't see, so you have to feel and move one with the force. And I thought the editing was fantastic. Yeah. I was impressed with the blaster bolts. They looked real. Like, they did a really good job with that. They did a fantastic job with that. And so, while I didn't like this, I did like that. And so, like, it was kind of a balance of, like, okay, I get it. They need an excuse to get to this, which is fantastic. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. I didn't like how the family was just sitting there watching it. I get it. I keep saying that. I understand that they were like mesmerized by it. And it was like a turning point where, you know, Uncle Owen trusted Obi-Wan again to be the protector that he said he would be. And Yeah. Yeah. It's like they suddenly saw what he was capable of. Yeah. Because he's been keeping it like secret and hidden and no one really knows up close. Well, I guess the whole galaxy knew at one point, but now... Maybe well, Owen yeah. and Baru weren't quite sure, but 
Well, the one trooper was it, or was it James Arnold Taylor who was like, "Don't I know you from somewhere?" Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I was like, "That's," which I thought was kind of cheeky as well. It's true that because I actually kind of really appreciated that moment because first of all, it's like the double reference, right? Of like he played Obi Wan, so like, yes, I recognize this somewhere. But also, like, he's literally changed his name from Obi-Wan Kenobi to Ben Kenobi. He's wearing Jedi robes in the desert. Like, he's not yes. that undercover. Plus, Obi-Wan Kenobi was famous. Yeah, totally. Him and Skywalker were on the hollow net, like, all the right. time, weren't exactly. they? Exactly, yes. As, like, the duo that you didn't want to fuck with. But that was also another thing I didn't like. That he was just dressed in Jedi robes, and he just, like, walked <laughs> out in front of the Empire in Jedi robes. And I'm like... I know. Obi-Wan's smarter than this. Like, yeah. Like, he looked cool. The costume, it looked really good. And it was definitely, oh, it was fantastic like, a, costume. a call out to, it was, like, between Revenge of the Sith and the, A New Hope. But, like, he's not that, it's, it's what I've said all along. If you're going to go undercover, like, change how you dress and change your name a little bit more than what you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind like, of just like a running joke now at this point. Take the belt off, maybe. <laughs> you know, strip some of the layers off so you look like you're just wearing a potato sack like Grogu. You know what I mean? <laughs> that that would make sense in Tatooine. Yeah, for you know, sure. The sand people, they all wear this, this, the potato sacks. And like, you know, it's like a thing. The poncho. The Tatooine poncho. Yeah. He could have gotten away without with that and not with all the layers of a Jedi. Like... Right. But, again, small nitpicks for a very well-done fan film. I really loved the cinematography. I, I, It was very obvious to me that they had a real cinematographer working with them on set. And the lighting was, uh, like, because cinematographers are, they're responsible for basically anything you see in the frame, but also the way the light works. Mm-hmm. And so they kept, anytime Obi-Wan was, like, holding Anakin's lightsaber in the cave, the light would reflect off of it across his eyes. And I always mm-hmm. liked that detail. And they backlit everything very well. And, like, the shots of the desert. The, like, I'm sure they that. used a, a drone or something. Those shots were awesome. Yes. And I really loved the first, I think it was, like, the first couple of scenes where it's, like, kind of bluish. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the whipping sands. Yeah. And he's, like, struggle walking through it. Yeah, and there was actually, you could see a star cruiser, like a, an yes. Empire cruiser, like, up in the sky above him. It was really... Yeah, it was great. It was good detail. That made it very believable. Yeah, and honestly, it was, I would say, on par with, like, some of the stuff they did in Book of Boba Fett and mm-hmm. The Mandalorian. It was equal... Yeah, you did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was good quality. Just tone down Baru's contouring. That's all. <laughs> Because those cheeks were, Yeah, I mean, her cheekbones were amazing. (laughs) I mean, yeah, she doesn't need contour. Like, I did kind of like the Leia bun reference because her hair was in, like, the double buns like Leia. I mean, it was very obviously an homage because I'm sure Baru wouldn't have had those complex buns. But I still enjoyed the nod, but... Doesn't she actually have two, like, base of the neck or base of the head? Maybe in the prequels. In the original trilogy, she's just got a short haircut. She's had enough. <laughs> That's a middle-aged woman who's had enough, raised a, a, a son that wasn't her own. 
Yeah, she's tired. And dealt with a man like her husband. A cranky gentleman. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's that's the kind of haircut I would ex- expect. But yeah. 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 I like the nod to, to Leia's buns. Because why not? Why yeah. not? You're making your own Star Wars film, fan film. Go yeah. ahead and put in whatever you want. I Ex- would. Exactly. Little nod to all the things that you love best. I would just say overall, it was very entertaining. It was, I was just impressed that a, f- a group of fans put something together that was so beautiful and totally very clearly a love letter to Star Wars. And it was fun yes. to watch. And it's a good way to get in the mood for Kenobi. It makes me wonder like if anything, if they yes. hit in the mark with any of this yes. stuff. Same. I was wondering that as I was watching it, you know, with Keno- with the Kenobi TV series looming. Yeah. I wonder if Jamie will sit and say, what are they going <laughs> to, what's the same and what isn't, you know, like, yeah. wonder what that feels like for him and, uh, and the rest of his team that put that together. That's actually, um, it's interesting you say that because like two days ago, he re-released the film in 4K. So it. Oh, there you go. I was stupid. I was like, wow, it's a little bit blurry on my TV because it's, it was from, I was watching the version a few, from a few years mm-hmm. ago. And then I realized mm-hmm. right next to the one that I'd clicked on, I was like, there's the 4K. I should have watched the 4K version. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part was when the lightsaber was there and baby, Luke, we'll say young Luke. Oh, yeah. Was like staring at it, mesmerized by it. Yeah. I couldn't help but think like, can he feel his father's presence or can he feel like some kind of tug that he doesn't know what that means? Yeah. I wondered that too. He's just feeling it intuitively. Yeah. I, I really love that they held that shot and like put or like wanted that in this. Like mm-hmm. Luke staring at it like almost like, wow, like what is that shiny thing and in yeah. my head canon, I'm thinking, oh, he hears or feels something. Yeah. Some kind of connection to it. And then, well, and of course, we know what happens later on. Exactly. I was just going to say, like, we know the significance of the next time he sees that and holds it in his hands, you know? Yeah. It's the beginning of his journey. Also, it made me wonder. So Obi-Wan has the trunk that he keeps it in from mm-hmm. A New Hope, right? Mm-hmm. It's in a trunk, isn't it? Yeah. Where does the trunk come from? I need to know now. Yeah, because it features a lot. It's actually even in the comic books. He stores his journals in there for Luke. Yeah. So I need to know, like, why that trunk? Is there a story behind it, or did you just pick it up at an antique sale? Or, like... (laughs) It's like what we were talking about in the other episode about what we want to see in uh, (laughs) Kenobi series. He bought, like, a big trunk of shea butter. <laughs> he used it all up and said, "Now can I repurpose this trunk?" Exactly. Oh, I know. I'll put crusty Anakin's old. That's terrible. He's upcycling. Uh, yeah, upcycling the, the trunk, putting Anakin's lightsaber in. That's terrible. I can't yeah. wait for this TV show to come out. Honest to God, I know. I know. And this got me a little bit more hyped for it. I mean, not that we need hype, because. They released an Obi-Wan photo of him in blue. I know he's almost dressed like Bail Organa. I don't know what that was all about. Well, we were trying to figure out, like my friends and I, when we saw the photo and it was released, we were trying to figure out, like, is this a manipulated image? Did they recolor it? 
or reshade it for some reason to keep people guessing. But the person, the character that's behind him, like in the photo, also has a blue shaded thing on. So we don't know. Is it like a uniform of some kind or yeah. is it like... To a Star Wars you know, if, if, postal service. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And now we know from the fan film how they send things in Tatooine. They fucking fling them across the thing when they're done. Here you go. Whipping it across the thing. Here's the Anakin's lightsaber, Luke. Boom. Whipping it across. Have mercy. So have any of you seen this fan film? Kenobi by Jamie Costa. If you've seen it, let us know what you thought. Did you enjoy it? Were there things you would have changed about it? Do you think it's going to be fairly close to what we see in the Kenobi series? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Join us next week for a very special episode and interview with my two amazing Star Wars friends, Derek and Corey, who just joined me on the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser experience. We just got back from it. It was an amazing week. We have all the details. We will spill the tea good and bad and we'll give a full rundown of everything we loved everything we didn't love and i don't know we'll give some inside scoops on what to expect if you decide to go and if you never go we'll give you an inside glimpse on everything that we got to experience there it was quite the experience and it's going to be a one hell of a funny interview because Derek and Corey are amazing <laughs> and lauren won't be present for it but she will be with us in spirit as I was while you guys were at the Star Cruiser sending me yeah. videos and pictures and texts. I was loving every minute of of the stuff. It was amazing. It was so hard not having you there, honest to God. But it felt like you were there because, I mean, even Derek and Corey, who know you, were like, oh, we should send this to Lauren and we have to show Lauren. Oh, my God, did you text Lauren about this yet? And I'm like, yes, I did. So... <laughs> Anyway, we're letting all of you in on the secrets next week. So yes. join us. Last week, we talked about Adam Driver and how amazing he is as an actor. Not just in Star Wars, but in several other roles throughout his career. When asked on Twitter, what is your favorite Adam Driver role besides Star Wars? We got a few answers. KT Plays Games said, I've only seen him a handful of other times, but loved his recent performance in House of Gucci. And that is definitely on our list to watch, for sure. James Matthews replied, the only other one I can think of is him singing Please Mr. Kennedy in Inside Lewin Davis. And we actually talked about his role in Inside Lewin Davis, and we love it too, gotta say. Thoughts about Star Wars replied, I can't say I've seen a lot of his other works, but I'll say Lincoln. So also another role we definitely gotta check out. Uh, Destination Hoth said Marriage Story incredible performance and that one that one is so painful we don't know if we can watch but <laughs> we know it's painful so we're probably just gonna have to suck it up just so we can see more Adam Driver in our lives thank you so much for your responses thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast remember to follow us on Tumblr Twitter and Instagram and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player and don't forget to rate us on Spotify and Apple if you would be so kind. Plus, you can always find us over at mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>